is the best thing for me. It's got to be too good to be true. So I think the, the two main things that are uniquely unique challenges to the black community as, as, it, as it pertains to, to HIV and kind of healthcare in general, poverty, yeah. slash excess and trust. Hey, what's up? This is Corey Dion Lewis, clinical health coach and host of the Healthy Project podcast. Now, the research shows that social determinants can have a greater impact on your health more than healthcare or lifestyle choices. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss how to improve health and reduce health inequity by speaking to healthcare professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, give it a review. Or you can also make a donation to The Healthy Project using the link in the description. It takes 30 seconds and it's super easy. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Now let's get started. Listening to The Healthy Project Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Dion Lewis. Uh, I got a dope guest in the building with me today, Eugene Green, that is doing great things and bringing awareness to health. Thank you so much for being here. Corey, yeah, man, I really appreciate you having me. This is an amazing opportunity. And, uh, you know, uh, working with you, um, even to, to get to this point, it has been an amazing pleasure. Um, so, yes, I am Eugene L. Green, and I've worked in the healthcare marketing and sales arena for close to almost 20 years. But I'm not a healthcare professional. I am not a, a public, I'm not public health certified. However, I'm a public health advocate which makes me a human health advocate. And overall, guys, my goal is to get all of us to think about public health in that same way. So because February 7th is uh, National Black HIV and AIDS Awareness Day, I thought this would be the perfect opportunity to, to not only raise awareness, but put a little bit of that responsibility back on the Black community to just just take better care of each other. So really appreciate the platform, Corey. And uh, yeah, let's 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 talk about it. And, you know, one thing I want to say, too, before we get into it, we need a lot more people who just because you're not in the public health space, you don't have a health care or a health and well-being background doesn't mean you can't have the conversation still. So True. True. this is this is super, super important. And I, I believe people really identify or love those stories or conversations uh, more so with those that aren't in the profession than they do listening to people who are. So this, this is, so. this is a great opportunity to reach some people that necessarily wouldn't have been reached, you know, but before we jump into that conversation, can you tell the people a little bit more about yourself and what gets you up in the morning? I think it's the, um, uh, as far as, you know, what my, why would be, it, it really is about, you know, making sure that we take better care of each other. And I do think that believes, you know, that's, that starts under your, right under your own roof. So make sure your family's, you know, healthy and safe, uh, making sure that, you know, and as you kind of step out of that door, making sure that people in your block and your community, if you're in a cul-de-sac, the people that are, <clears throat> that surround you are people that are, are like-minded and that, you know, you guys are, are supporting each other. And then from there, you know, and, and as, as, I'll, as we talk a little bit more, one of the things that I try to make sure is completely understood, it's about pollination. So we have this conversation and let's say 100,000 people, you know, uh, what they're viewing our, our discussion. One person right. and only one person, you know, pushes it forward. That's completely fine. They'll take that. They'll talk to their their buddy. They may say, hey, man, you know, 
you, and to just to go back to the HIV part of it, you know, you live in kind of a, a high risk lifestyle. You should get tested. And by the way, I'll go with you. So we kind of like, right. you know, from a black community perspective, let's be better partners. Let's take better care of each other. Let's have it start with with under your own roof, whether it's, you know, just you and your, you know, your partner, you have a larger family, whatever, because, you know, that's an opportunity to always have. You know, so some of the little ones, maybe your spouse, whoever, to walk out the door and say, hey, listen, just a real quick conversation. Here's what, you know, we believe in regards to, um, you know, being a better human health advocate. What what are some of those of, of the unique challenges faced when we're we're talking specifically about the black community when it comes to HIV awareness and prevention? Yeah, I mean that that's a um <clears throat> a really good question. I think there's kind of like five primary legs to this. It's it's racism, it's the HIV stigma, it's homophobia, this poverty slash access, which I combine as one. We'll we'll talk about that in a, in a second. And then there's mm-hmm. trust. Because we don't trust and we have had um, historically plenty of opportunity not to trust. So, you know, I'll, I'll start right. with, with racism and, and being black. Being black is never a good thing um, in America. That's been a problem for 400 years. That's not going to go any go anywhere. That's a separate podcast. So I, we can't change that. The stigma around HIV and homo, homophobia um, is not necessarily unique to the black community. It's exponentially more magnified. It's more almost like uh, celebrate is the wrong word, but there's a, there's a thing in our culture and outside of our culture that, you know, you, you turn on any a movie. I do want to drill down a little bit on poverty slash access and, and trust. And I connect those two because as far as uh, poverty and access, because access is based on means. And if you don't have the means, you can't gain access to stuff. And it's really just right. that simple. That's not necessarily even as much a black and white thing. So, for example, you know, we all had the the best friend back in the day, the little homie that we grew up with, went to school with them. We we spent lived next door. That was, you know, our road dog. We were like six, but that was our, our, little, our little homie. <laughs> right. And one day you come around the block and there's a moving truck there. And you're like, oh, man, little eyes get watery. And you're like, well, where y'all going? And he's like, oh, we're moving. And you know, but from being from Philly, the natural reaction would be to the county. That means like to the burbs. So when you, you say mm. you're from the when you're from Philly, you say y'all moving to the county, and you say yeah, man, we we, we getting out of here. So that's okay. But that also means that you know, dad got a promotion, mom got that degree, and they've afforded themselves the, the the means have given them access to better schools, potentially less crime, and of course healthcare. So you know. It, it, and it brings, and that brings me to poverty. When you are poor, whether it's a rural situation, situation, or an mm-hmm. urban situation, if you are poor, you don't have access to things that are that are going to be best for your health and your in your community health in general. I mean, it, we, we can even talk about Flint, Michigan, and, and Jackson, uh, Mississippi. I believe, and if I got those two cities incorrect, uh, apologies, but they can't even get access to fresh water, let alone right. you know proper health care. So. I think the 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 health the pro, the poverty poverty in the access that is a critical 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 piece because in poverty stricken you know areas no one's coming down to, to to save the day so we do you know from a community perspective have to figure out support each other and uh, really go to go to the people that can make a difference the trust factor is also a big issue because like I yeah, said I historically say that. yeah historically we've had 
we've caught a raw deal in many situations when it when it's come to medicines. We have been uh, human guinea pigs, and the the trust thing is it really. If you even put HIV to the side for a minute, I, I visited a um, a large chain pharmacy uh, maybe just a few weeks ago. They had a large sign for shingles, get vaccinated for shingles, and and this right. is in an area that the zip code is a demographic that's is aging. Um, you know, there's a lot of Medicare, Medicaid people, you know, people ain't really necessarily balling in this area. So, I, so I, I was kind of optimistic, kind of glass half full asking, Hey, how many vaccinations do you di- do per day? And she was like, per day? Nah, if we get two a week, we're very lucky. And we, wow. talk, we talked about it a bit more and it was basically around number one, if you do have a PCP, they're not making a move without talking to that, to that physician because they're not going to trust that whatever is in that, you know, syringe is the best thing for me. It's got to be too good to be true. So I think the, the two main things that are uniquely unique challenges to the black community as, as, it, as it pertains to, to HIV and kind of healthcare in general, poverty yeah. slash excess and trust. Yeah. You said something that really stuck out to me that puts is almost the umbrella of everything that you were saying around trust, access to proper care and prevention. Being black in America to begin with, already puts you at that's a problem it puts you at a disadvantage to get that care not only because of the the stigma of how people feel about black americans in this country but the the trauma that we're carrying from our past family and and ancestors where we automatically don't trust Mm -mm. anything right It's, it's even hard to trust someone of color in the field telling you that it's the right thing to do. It, yeah. it almost feels wrong. And I, you also said something about the, you know, the black community needing to and definitely correct me if I'm wrong, how you said it, but the black community needing to kind of step up and, and help our own community to make sure that we're getting their proper care that we need. Sure. And I would love that your thoughts on, on this question is or not even really a question, but the statement of, man, that is a huge burden to carry, a necessary one. But I feel like that is so, it, it's a lot to do. <laughs> it's a lot, it's yeah, a lot to carry that burden to make sure that everybody in this community is cared for. I'm not saying it can't be done, but yeah. when you said that, I was like, you're right. <laughs> but i i it's a um that is a it's a feat it's a large it's a herculean feat it's a big thing to ask i will say this and you know i think this is an incredible conversation because hiv is really really the perfect um health condition because it intertwines through the, the the um the black community very silently but it's 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 always there Things that we do in the black community that are a lot of work, but also, but we, but we feel like they benefit all of us a great deal would be things like, I coached basketball for a very long time, youth basketball. And the way that people, the way that our community would come out and support those kids was incredible. And, you know, for me, public health is not just HIV or COVID or, you know, diabetes, it's fitness and healthcare and diet and those types of things. And the way they would come out, not only for, you know, our, our small um, basketball league, but for some of these massive AAU leagues, 
It is unbelievable. So we can rally around situations that we think are important to our community. Now, whether we think like, you know, that 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 little guy is going to get, you know, going to get paid and come back to the hood. That's regardless of any of that stuff. But we can when we feel like it's that important to us. And so the real challenge is not about can we? It's about making it important. Like there's people dying. And as much as, you know, there's a lot of community community activities, whether it be sports related or, or non-sports related stuff that we do well. I mean, we do we're in the black community, we don't rap for life. We don't do anything well. It's just some, a mess all the time. That's not necessarily true. Our family is on the front lines for like uh, voting. If there's a vote, a voting situation, an election happening, whether it's, you know, local, regional, you know, political, um, national, um, we're out there and people come in big numbers. So when it's important to us, we do make the effort and we rally around a cause and a situation to make that happen. HIV has not been, been, been there. And it's, it, I think there's a number of reasons for that, but I would love for that to change, you know, just like any other uh, chronic health condition. Yeah. You know, when I've been doing a lot of, of work within the mental health space lately, and yeah. when doing some research on that space uh, within the Black community, the word stigma comes out a, a lot and the, the stigma behind mental health. And I, I believe... I, I think that stigma when it comes to certain things like HIV, yeah. uh, mental health, uh, is a big barrier for not just the black community, but other communities that maybe feel that stigma too, yeah. to really make a, a push to, to bring more awareness. Yeah. How do stigma and discrimination within the black community, how does that contribute to the spread of HIV? I think you know, being black plus the HIV stigma, like those those two things, you know, segregated are difficult things. You put those things together and into one person or into one community, and you're automatically going to have a um. There's a layer of like uh hopelessness that's created. Like no one cares anyway. Like they didn't care if I was one or the other. Like you know, I would already have a hard time like getting you know what I believed I you know deserved as a human being in this country. But those two things together automatically generate a level of, of, of hopelessness. And then when, when we have that, when that stigma happens and, and you have no hope, it's easy for other people, you know, around you to feel like, well, why should I care? I guess that person doesn't care. No, no one cares. The way I, re- I put it into my brain is like the, the crack epidemic. That was an epidemic. That was a public health situation. It, it, it still actually exists. It's the faces more of opioids right now, but. Let's stick on crack because crack was crack is considered at least a black group problem. And again, to, to take it back to the hood, there's plenty of times, and I was guilty of this just as, as much as anybody else. You know a person, that person became a crackhead, you see that person sitting on the curb, now that person's not worthy anymore. Why you like why you did that to yourself? And so that's that's something that <clears throat> whether it be crack, HIV, et cetera, you know, we have to be better as a community. That person still has worth. Um, that person has stumbled into not a great situation, but, you know, just like with crack, the HIV, there are innovations, there's medicines, there's prep, there's things in place now that can, can drastically help a person, not only from a, a lifestyle, a lifestyle perspective, but a life expectancy perspective. But the only way those things kind of happen is to, you know, embrace that person, those people, those situations in your own community and make sure that, you know, it's not hopeless. 
you know, it, it's, it's a tough spot, but you know, someone cares. And if, you know, if one person cares, that's a reason to get up in the morning and, and do something about um, your, your, your situation. Right. Just because that person maybe is going through some hard times or got into something like a lot of people went through during this, you know, crack epidemic, there's still value to them. And maybe there's, there's a, should, there's a, yeah. yes, there's you shouldn't value. There. And I mean, you can compare it to, you know, not, not even anything is, is, I guess, drastic as a, you know, HIV or, or whatever, losing a job. Like that will hit different people in a different way. And you can tell, you can look at a person, you saw them last week, they lost their job, you see them next, the following week, and you can see just a drain and a layer of hopelessness and a layer of like despair and like, what what do I do now? I'm, 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 especially from a black male perspective, a black man loses his job and you're definitely, you, you, you're feeling like uh, I'm out of the, like I, my worth is questionable. And that's not the case. That's a, a much easier situation for us to embrace. Um, because everyone can relate to wanting and needing a job. Everyone cannot relate to, you know, being a crackhead. No, I'm just going to, you know, keep it real, being a crackhead or, or H- HIV. So when we can't relate and we don't understand, it becomes scary. Please stay away. And those people lose worth. And, you know, like anybody else that needs help, it's it, it does come back. And that's why I try to kick off. Like it's, A lot of this is our responsibility. Like right. we, we have to take better care of each other. Because you know, I, no, there's no other group breaking down the door to be like, "Yo, I'm a savior." So, right? Yeah. Do you, do you think? Do you think? And this this question just came to me now. Do you yeah. think a, maybe a, a small part of the reason why some of us, and I'm going to take responsibility and say I'm one of some of us, <laughs> is <laughs> when, when thinking about HIV in our community. Yeah, you've heard. <laughs> rap songs about magic johnson you mm. it's been it's been made fun of so much yeah that it almost loses some of the severity to it like yeah. we're making fun of it about you know hiv ain't real looking magic johnson or yeah. i can name three or four you know yeah bars right now talking about about that <laughs> yes <laughs> you know you know what i'm saying and then absolutely it loses some of like hiv is still real this is still killing it's cats so out here real. you know what i, I mean um, i do i do i think i think two things have that kind of caused that um layer of uh we, we become a little bit desensitized to the impact and the realness of what, what hiv is I, I think there's two things one um, the migration of HIV. When it, when HIV was in LA and New York, everybody was just going crazy. It was a big problem. It was it was also a white people problem. Um, whether whether you're gay or straight or whatever, it's everybody's problem. But then it started to migrate to the South, and the one the one thing that happened, well, a couple of things happened with that. Once it started to migrate, people here and you know LA and, and also Chicago, but uh, New York and and the general northeastern part of the country we control a lot of the narrative of what a thing is so we're like oh wow there's less there's less aids here things are great that doesn't necessarily mean that aids hadn't found a new home and it did and it's and it's very very comfortable in the south and you know because of that because of places like you know uh places in the deep south louisiana um mississippi alabama they get much less 
general, you know, press coverage, much less media, those stories aren't really told as, as often and as loudly. It's easy to get sucked into the idea that, and plus with a lot of the innovations, I have to, I have to give credit to a lot of the companies that are you know, in the forefront of, um, you know, creating medicines and solutions that have been helpful. Like the numbers have dropped a bit over the past, you know, I'll say five to seven years. Because of that combination, it feels like it's not a, a big deal. And we can make funny rap songs about Matt or, or include funny, you know, or interesting lyrics because none of it's funny about Ma- Magic Johnson and different different songs and those, those types of things. So I think part of it is because of the migration. And when it migrated, it landed in a place primarily, not solely, in a place where no one cares as much. Um, there's much less media coverage in, in those areas. The um, The people that run those states you know, they'll still blame HIV on you and, and start to thump the Bible. So you re- th- those areas really kind of can't win. The, the narrative is created nationally that, you know, we're out of harm's way, but in the black community, there's still people dying. So I think that's, I think that's a large part of it as well. Right. No, that, no, that's real. So, I mean, as you're aware, you know, when, you know, 2019, 2020 COVID hit the scene and it felt like every disease in the world didn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, how has, how has COVID-19, how has the pandemic uh, affected HIV education and, Mm -hmm. and testing within the black community? I think, you know, I'm a glass half full guy. I'll say long-term COVID will be a good thing for a lot of things. And I, I quite honestly, Corey, I think you and I may have talked about, and I've talked about this with people really openly in the past. I didn't know much about public health until COVID. I thought that was mm. the thing that people did when they couldn't get into medical school. And as I'm learning more about it based on, you know, um, COVID, I'm like, oh, wait, this is really very important. And by the way, it's bigger than just COVID. Like, it's everything. Right. Uh, you know, I started to think back on, like, you know, smoking and and, and all, all types of other areas, even where your seatbelt's a public health situation. So um, I think COVID long term is going to have a great impact. In the short term, it's been horrible for uh, for HIV. Um, and, and it's not only been hor- horrible for HIV, it's been bad for a lot of uh, the testing around a lot of chronic conditions. And it's working in the, the space that I've worked in for many, many years and, and talking directly with, with a ton of brand managers and brand leads or different pharmaceuticals and healthcare um, organizations during that window, the window of time, 2022 to kind of like 2020 to kind of like right around now, from a bottom line perspective, it did affect a lot of their numbers because people got tested less for colonoscopies. People got tested less for, you know, didn't get their, um, the PSA for, for prostate. People got tested less for ovarian cancer, uh, you know, screenings, those types of things. And, you know, people became more sick than they should have. And unfortunately some people, excuse me, passed away because of those conditions. And then there's HIV, which was already in the back seat. COVID put HIV in the trunk of the car. So it mm. was already not like a thing that was, you know, in the forefront. It just, it really did give it a boot. So optimistic COVID's COVID calls created this platform for me. Like I would not be talking about this because I would not have been still not been thinking about public health on this level you and I wouldn't have connected and I wouldn't right. be doing my small part in creating this bit of awareness and, and, um, and, uh, and, and accountability. So COVID has done that. And hopefully these types of conversations again, will continue to pollinate and, 
and keep working through that. But in the short term, it's been bad. Numbers went went backwards a little bit. And even as I was kind of digging through, you know, just some just some information and a little bit of data. Even the C- CDC, they have data up until like 2019, 2018-19. And then there's like little, you know, uh, footnotes that are like, oh, hey, well, due to COVID, our numbers are all messed up. And I'm like, what? That was like three years ago. Like your numbers are still <laughs> messed up. You have updated, you know, updated paperwork yet? Like this right. is any, anybody, a lot of the information in, you know, the, the NIH, CDC, FDA, whatever, incredibly strong and valid information. So when I saw that, I'm like, wow, well, they're way behind on, you know, how COVID, um, I'm sorry, HIV is tracking right now. Then that's a problem. So yeah. I think long term, yeah, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. Uh, Short term, it's not been good. And then even, even if you think about, you know, remember during COVID, COVID is also COVID also caused me to fall in love with CNN. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm still not able <laughs> to shake that addiction. But remember, every day <laughs> there were White House briefings for hours about COVID. Yeah, you were being yep. educated. You were getting uh, Fauci and some of the other, you know, healthcare leads in this country. Man, um, yeah, over the head with how important COVID is and what's happening to COVID. COVID, 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 COVID. COVID. Can you imagine if that happened once a week, once a month with HIV and the level of like conversation it would generate and the level of exposure and a level of, and I know years ago when HIV was actually a thing in most people's mind, we did have a milder layer of, of um, you know, I'll just, I'll just say White House coverage, but nothing like COVID. And right. even if they made it regional, if they say, hey, listen, we're going to do this down south every day at five o'clock on these particular news channels. Um, we're going to talk about HIV for 15 minutes. I mean, can you imagine the impact that would have? It would be, it would right, be incredible right. to a lot of people. No, that's real. That's real. And, you know, with, with HIV awareness day right around the corner, what can we do or what can people within the black community community do to work to, to educate and empower themselves and, and, to take yeah. control of their sexual health and and to reduce the spread the spread of HIV, I think it, I think it goes back to something I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, taking better care of each other, and I and I think in the same way that we, you know, we get on the Peloton every morning, um, the same way that we, you know, work together to eat less salt, um, the same way that we probably, you know, uh, we work to get better or more sleep. These are things that are they're going to benefit you, you personally because they're going to benefit all of us. You being around, you being healthy, you being strong is going to benefit all of us. And so when it comes to being able to take care of yourself from an HIV perspective or, or take care of a friend that you may that may need a partner in order to, to take care of themselves, which translates into taking care of the community, then, you know, you should do that. And so as I think it's it's. It goes back to the account- accountability part. You know, let's take be- better care of each other, number one. And then two, you got to approach it as either an existing, if you if you have HIV, an existing, you know, chronic condition. If you do not, something that you don't want in the same way that I'm mm-hmm. not looking for, I don't want diabetes. So, and I don't want high hypertension, high blood pressure, heart disease, whatever, especially if there's a potential of like either you're at high, th- those are things sometimes that can be, you know, family history based. But then things like HIV, no, but they are risk based. Let me put myself out of harm's way. 
Let me maybe change my my you know not orientation by no means, but the crowd that you run with, you know that that right. might be helpful. You know because again, someone cares about you. And if I decided that, hey, you know what? I would love pizza every night. (laughs) (laughs) Every night, super super salty every day. And that'll make me really, really happy. And I might not be around very long, but that would be a really selfish act on my part. The other thing I think is really incredibly important, and it's really, we have some layer of control of this although it's a little bit trickier, it's either our responsive, we can take some responsibility for this and or people that can make change in this area. We got to start talking to our people where we are. So for example, Mm -hmm. black people watch a lot of TV. I'm not making that up. That is a hardcore fact. Our demographic, we love TV. We watch TV more than, than anybody else. And I have to Thank a very, very close friend of mine. She is the founder of a group called The People People, but she's also the queen of all things TV. And we had a conversation about it, and she said, "Yeah, this is a this is a real thing, but it's also a real opportunity." So I say, when I say the queen of all things TV, linear TV, connected TV, OTT, OTT, which is over the top television, as well as advanced mm-hmm. TV, because of the way we consume content. If, right. If there's an opportunity to get in front of you and there is a TV or a TV type object, black people are watching it. So there's an op- so marketers know this, advertisers know this, which is why when you are watching, you know, BT, VH1, or really of many different types of channels, and also depending upon what platform you, you might be on, they target you. Um, there's zero party data involved. They retarget you, and you're seeing HIV ads constantly. That's fine. That's great. But we don't see the PSAs. We don't mm. see a lot of the things that we used to see. And I'm a little, I'm a little older than you, but um, I remember some of the public service announcements that would come on TV that I still remember, like it's the back of my hand, like give a hoot, don't pollute. Like that's like 40 years old. But Man. if you were a person of a certain age, you will never forget that. We remember Smokey the Bear. We didn't, we didn't even right. live near the forest, but they kept telling us. It was important not to start forest fires. We ain't got no trees. But right. for reason, you keep telling us about, about forest fires. And then the, the, right. the only thing I think about all the time when it comes to like, we could be doing this for HIV. No brand associated, no nothing. Just hardcore shock value on getting tested was this is your brain on drugs. Everybody, if you know that ad, if you know that PSA, yep. you know that scrambled egg and that frying pan and that imagery. It's just implanted in my brain. So right. again, imagine if there was a group of, uh, of black people in a particular com- community. It's not very expensive to, to buy ad time on like cable network. That's not, you know, it's, that's relatively affordable or an organization or just anybody that said we need that same type of impactful PSA, no brand involved. Just like, listen, guys, something catchy, whether it's visual or words, TikTok, who knows? But that pushes home the fact that testing is important because I, I, I look at these numbers and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, numbers are down based on, you know, uh, the number of people that have been newly diagnosed. And I'm like, well, those are the only people that have been reported or, you know, they're di- or, or, or have been diagnosed. There's a bunch of people walking around town that if they saw a PSA like this is your drink, your brain on drugs, any questions, it may it may cause them to do once again, talk to the buddy like, man, we got to get tested. Right. Like we had a wild weekend. We I don't I, I don't know. You know, so yeah. Um, 
I think there are, and, and that's why I, I don't want us to expect that um, someone white is going to come swooping down with a cape on and save the day and fix all of these things. We really do have to, uh, from the inside out, you know, identify opportunities, meet each other where we are, take take care of each other, and you know, make human health a priority. No, that's real. That's real. Eugene, thank you so much, man, for for being on the podcast with me uh, today. I really appreciate that. Uh, really anybody, appreciate yeah, man, anybody listening that wants to learn more about you, connect with you, and just just rock with what, what you're doing, where can they find you? Yeah, so myself and the amazing Dr. Bio Curry Winshaw, I believe you know relatively well. We just yes, lost interviewed on the podcast. She's dope. She's incredible. That chick is way dope. <laughs> so we, we just started a DEI health focused video series called Healthy with an Attitude. And it's just our way of trying to support a healthier lifestyle, raising condition awareness. And then it goes right back to public health by like making that all of our responsi- responsibility. Just launched in January. Second video came out uh, just only a couple, couple days ago, early part of, of February. And the response has been incredible. It's on LinkedIn. And you, you can find me on LinkedIn and actually Twitter um, by searching uh, Eugene L. Green. Um, these videos are also on uh, Instagram, Eugene LG, and then um, TikTok. Uh, when she's more of a TikTok person, I am, but I'm out there <laughs> and you can find a video and, it, and TikTok is Gene Green 9. So um, this, this has been an amazing opportunity. Really appreciate the forum, appreciate the microphone. Uh, and yeah, man, if we can just start to pay it forward, push it forward, help one person at a time, get the black community in a mindset of like, yo, it's not me versus you, it's me and you, then um, I right. think we'll have some really, really strong patient outcomes. Man, that's real. That's real. It's me and you. I really like that. Um, yeah. Again, Eugene, thank you so much for your time. Uh, sure. And everyone, thank you for listening to the Healthy Project podcast. I'll let you next time. <laughs>